Mm -hmm. Ooh. Oh, a little ASMR for y'all. Water is the co-host we all need. Water is the co-host we all need. Make sure you're drinking it, you're loving it, you're holding it, you're taking it in every single day. No excuses. I don't want to hear your non-drinking water excuses, okay? I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear your water excuses. Everybody got an excuse. Oh, I can't drink water. It has to be cold. It has to have ice crystals in it. Oh, it has to be at the right temperature. Oh, I don't like this water. I don't like that water. I only drink this particular water. Man, hush. Hush. Sick of the excuses, man. Get this water in your life on a daily basis. Oh, I'm just so busy. Hush. You got time to drink water. I don't want to hear no excuse. No excuse you can make up is going to be good enough for me unless you live in the country where there is no running water. If you're not living in that, if you're in America and not in Flint, Michigan, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing. All right? Drink more water, man. Get in on this. Take it in. Hold it. Cherish it. Nurture it. Love it. You know what I'm saying? You need it. It's vital. Somebody posted a video the other day about this man. You know, look, he looked like an old Jamaican man. He was probably like 117 years old, but he looked like maybe 67 in Jamaica years. So he had the white and you know what I'm saying? He was like, he was like, I, I don't I don't drink water. I don't drink water. I only get my water from the nutrients from the uh from the vegetables and the fruit. So I was like, oh, I see where you're going. And I respect it. You know what I'm saying? I get the coconut, the coconut water. I get the coconut. I get the, I get all the nutrients in the water I need from the coconut. All right? I see where you're going with this. I see where you're going with this. But what that video is going to do is going to empower y'all to be like, well, maybe I'm just getting my water from the nutrients I'm taking in. Y'all taking in bullshit-ass nutrients. Don't even try it. Don't, don't, don't be going to Starbucks and be like, I'm extracting the water from the Starbucks. No, you're not. I'm, get, I'm getting the water out of the Cheetos and, and the fries. No, you're not. I know, I know you're going to lean on that video. Look, he, he said we don't even have to drink the water. We can get the water from the, from the nutrients. Nah, man. Don't even try it. Because he, like, he was like, water is just empty. It's just empty. It's just empty. Nah, man. Nope. Don't don't lean on that. Don't don't you lean on that video. Now I respect him because he looked amazing at his old age. He's probably on to something. But I know you're not as disciplined as he is with the rest of your diet. So I'm gonna say again. Get in on this water, man. Don't be playing out here, man. My my producer extraordinaire is uh she's at the crib. She's down for the count. Uh, she's she's all right. She's getting her voice back together. Um. So she's watching, she's in here, she's in the chat where she's doing all of that remotely. We got Kara in here on the ones and twos. Amir is out uh, for the week. So we in here, man. Verbal Cardio is back with another episode, man. My apologies again, Sabrina, for putting your email on blast. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not feeling y'all for telling that I put the email on blast. Y'all some snitches. Just hush. I don't be telling nothing. You know, if I fumble up, don't be running to her and telling. The hell is this? You know what I'm saying? I thought I could trust y'all. 
And clearly I can't because y'all just running and telling. Soft. I wouldn't tell on y'all. So don't tell on me. You know what I'm saying? I just want to put that out there. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? You feel me? Y'all some snitches, man. I know who I can't trust. When it comes down to it, when we commit the crime, I know who I can't do crimes with. And this is a lot of y'all. Whoever ran and told, I can't do no crimes with you, man. No, no, that's my girl. I ain't trying to hear none of that, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to hear none of that. Nah, uh-uh. You missed the good, Sarita, because they, they was in here snitching and telling. Um, let's get to the topics, man, because, you know, I, I'll go off on a tangent. We'll be everywhere all at once. The actress Jennifer Grey, um, you may know her from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the classic that I've never seen, Dirty Dancing. You seen Dirty Dancing? It's a, it's a classic. In, in, you think it's a classic? Yeah. Okay. I've never seen Dirty Dancing because I, f I feel like it just didn't appeal to me. I was like, they're going to be dancing. They're going to be, you know what I'm saying? It came out in like 87. I'm 10. I need action. And, and Dirty Dancing, I was like, man, ain't no action in there. Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. I'm all in. Roadhouse, Ghost, Next of Kin. Yes. But Footloose, Dirty Dancing, no. I, I never even clocked in. Even though I love Kevin Bacon. Love Patrick Swayze. Never never clocked in. But Dirty Dancing was a huge hit. Classic. Jennifer Grey was set for stardom, man. You know, she makes a stunning debut in the hit movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, as the sister that starts out hating Ferris's guts. Why should he always get this? Why should he always... And ends up bailing his ass out in the final seconds of the fourth quarter. Tremendous. And she follows that up with Dirty Dancing. So it's like, man, we about to see Jennifer Grey everywhere, man. Cue it up. She disappeared. She was doing small things here and there, but she she really disappeared. And I found out why. So she had plastic surgery on her nose. She got her nose done, and she said she wasn't getting booked as much because, you know, she looked completely different now. And to me, when I saw her in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Dirty Dancing, I've always liked her face. Like, I felt like, you know, her nose stood out, but it it, it complemented her face well. So I was just like, yo, I like, I like her face. It, it really made her stand out in Hollywood. And that's the thing. Everybody out here getting the surgery so they can look like everyone else. And then you end up just messing up the whole uniqueness that was you. Jennifer Gray's nose could have been, we, we, we coming for the nose. I liked her nose. I was just like, yo, her nose is dope. I don't see noses like this in Hollywood. Everybody, everybody getting surgeryed out, getting the same nose. And then they end up getting more surgery and they're just tearing the whole face up. Nose up here, eyeball down here, lips on the back of their head. They're just doing everything. But, it just goes to show you that you can stay your unique self and pop. And so once I found that out, I was like, damn, man. You know, she really had a dope look to me internally. And I, I, I'm in the big nose community. You know what I'm saying? My nose is large. And I love my nose. I call it the beak. Love my nose. Barbara Streisand. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like... Barbara Streisand was like, yo, y'all going to get this nose and you're going to like it. You're going to support what I do. You're going to feel this music. You're going to feel these movies I'm in. 
And people love Babs. She's a legend. Uh, Adrian Brody got a beak on, man. But that's part of it's 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 part of it all. It's just like I can't imagine Adrian Brody out here with a a regular nose now. Like, man, 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 bring the nose back. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was surprising to me. I was just like, and normally, and she did it probably with the mindset of, you know. My nose is going to be a distraction. People won't like me for my nose. I can't speak for her, but I'm assuming that maybe maybe it'll look better on camera if, you know, I, I, I come in with a different nose. It's like, oh, man, Groucho Marx? His trademark is the nose and the mustache and the glasses. The nose was part of the whole package. And we got to be, I think we underestimate the power of individuality in terms of visuals you know there's so many people out here owen wilson um that those imperfections are what draw us to you it's like man you know what i'm saying you you know what i'm saying i got all kind of imperfections my nose is big i got an underbite you know what i'm saying my teeth my i did fix my teeth though i was like all right man my teeth were too spacey you know what i'm saying there's a lot going on with my teeth i did sell out on the teeth I'll give you that. I, you know, I got the gap. I got the gap filled in. I, you know what I'm saying? The teeth are closer together. I just wanted my teeth to just get closer to one another for romance purposes. You know, I didn't want that, I didn't want that division in my mouth. That's why I, I, I did it for that. I was just like, you know, I want, I want, I want my teeth to come together at the table of brotherhood. That's what I was doing. So it really wasn't about the visual aesthetics, more so of just the the communication going on in my mouth. I'm saying and you know the underbite you know i got the underbite i got the nose this that and the third but people there are probably people out there be like man tony's face tony got a good face man he better not ever change it now what if i'm out here changing my face now i look unrecognizable my skin tone is different my nose is where my ear is my ear is where my nose is my lips are on my neck people are gonna be like man he don't look the same you know what i'm saying i messed up my whole brand you know what I mean? So sometimes it could, it could bite you in the ass. Now, I'm turning off the live on Instagram. If y'all want to see the rest of this, you got to join my Patreon. You got to join my Patreon to get the rest of this episode live. If not, you're going to have to wait till Wednesday. So I'm out of here on this. Boom. Um, back to my patron saints, though. So I just found that interesting and kind of sad. Like, because I, I really did like Jennifer Grey. Now, mind you, um, I'm basing it on Ferris Bueller's Day Off because I did not see Dirty Dancing. You know, I know y'all gonna be like, we should do a movie night with Dirty Dancing. I mean, and I do like Patrick Swayze. I've seen several of his movies. Um, but I don't know if Dirty Dancing is for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's got the soundtrack. Uh, I the time of my life. And I owe it all to you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. But shout out to Jennifer Gray, wherever you are. I just want you to know. And I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say, your nose was perfect the way it is. It's all about how you feel about yourself. So I don't want to disregard the choice that you made or how you view yourself. But just on my opinion, her face was perfect when she was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, 
Renee Zellweger, she had a lot of surgery done to her face. And she was adorable. She was already like, you know what I'm saying? She was Jerry Maguire. You had me at hello. She was the mother of that little kid. She didn't have to do a thing to her face. God damn it, man. Leave your faces alone. Bottom line, leave your face alone. Man. Let your face sit and be seen. Let your face sit and be seen. I know you see it every morning. You be looking at yourself like, I ain't feeling this, that, and the third. But man, hush. Somebody feeling that face. Somebody going to feel that face. There are days when I look in the mirror and I don't, I don't really be feeling my face like that. And there are some days where I'll be like, man, you know what? I'm looking all right out here. I'm looking all right today. You know, it's day in, day out. You're not going. You're not going to hit it out the park every single day. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, "Man, I'm not really feeling the way I'm looking today." But then the next day, you might be like, "God damn, man, this this what I've been looking like out here, man, yo. Better get in on this. You know what I mean? So you know, but don't don't be making the drastic permanent changes. And then when you try to fix the change that you made. Then you remixing and restructuring your whole face, and now you just look ridiculous. Now you just out here just looking ridiculous. And you pay for the ridiculous look. That's the cold part. You sat up here and you paid for the ridiculous face you have now. When your face was perfectly fine, the way it was, free of charge. Think about that. Think about that, man. Um... Elon Musk. So apparently his dad said, I'm not proud of my son and he needs to lose weight. Let me tell you something, man. As a father, why would you say this in public? Why would you say this to your child to begin with? And if you're not enough for your father when you are the richest man in the world, what's enough? Oh, my son, man, he's a bump. Yo, he's the richest man in the world. Ah, he's a bum laying around making cars and just worth billions, man. I'm disappointed. What kind of dad is this? You disappointed in the richest man in the world? God damn, man. That's a tough crowd. How's your son doing? My son? Elon? Oh, psst, bum. He's out here making money hand over fist with his electric cars, man. Disappointment. Boom. I'm like, what kind of dad is this? What's it take to make him proud? You the richest man in the world is not enough. I need more. Whose man is this, man? And he needs to lose weight. What, what, what you working with, Pops? You out here with the six pack? What you got going on? Now, I've seen Elon shirtless. What he needs is sun. That's what he needs. Just, just, just tan it up, man. You're the richest man in the world. I'm sure you got a tanning booth in your house. You probably got one. You probably sleep in it. Don't tell him what you got. In it. Don't tell him what kind of gadgets are in Elon's house. I'm sure you can cook up some tan. That's it. That's my only aid, man. Food be good. Food be good, but come on, man. Get some sun, man. Put a sun in your... Elon Musk can afford to put the sun in his living room. He'd be like, I harnessed the sun, and we 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 brought it down to size, but it's an actual sun. 
It costs $2 billion to construct. <laughs> so the actual sun is in my living room. Sit next to that and cook up honey roast up, man. Honey roast up. Because God damn, man. And then on top of that, his dad got his stepdaughter pregnant. He raised her since she was four. Who, who are you to say you are disappointed in anyone? You, you smashed your stepdaughter, bro. You need to hush. You are the disappointment. Imagine your father looking at you like, wait a minute. Imagine your father coming from the grave and being like, you smashed your stepdaughter? Oh, you disappoint me, son. That's disappointment. Now, if Elon did that, I can see Pops. Hey, man, you, you're embarrassing me, man. You're disappointed. But I'm rich, but you're smashing your stepdaughter. That's disappointment worthy. But goddamn, man, just because he's fat or, you know, not up to your weight standards as a, as a dad that's smashing his stepdaughter, you raised her. You raised her. What are you doing? Yeah, but we're not related. It's step. No, nah, ain't no excuse. She came in when you were four. I mean, she came in when she was four. You read that was your child, man. I don't care what you're talking about. That was your child. Bro, I don't want to hear nothing from you, man. The kids? Come on, man. Once I see you as a kid, even when you're grown, you will be the kids to me. You will be the kids henceforth. That's how I look at Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer was introduced to me as a kid in Aquila and the B, and I was a grown man. So henceforth, she's the kids. Even though she is a grown woman, phenomenal actress, I love her. But to me, I'm just like, man, the kids. She's going to be like, I am a grown woman. You right. You absolutely right. But you the kids as well. Once I see you when you little and I'm grown and you little, it's hard for me to shake that. The kids. All them kids from high school musical, they grown. They like 30-something now. They grown bills, mortgages, families. The kids. Zach Efron, the kids. Vanessa Hudgens, the kids. They in their 30s, man. But I saw them when my kids were watching them on TV be kids. And I'm just like, oh, the kids is watching the kids. I can't I can't see you that young. Now, if we grew up together or I never even saw you, I tell Sabrina this all the time. Sabrina is eight years younger than me. If I was to know her when she was the kid, we never. I'd never been like, nope. I remember you when you was 10. I remember you. You was 10, I was 18. You know, I was over at your friend's house and you was running around. Hell no, nah, I can't come back. I'm like, man, you the kids. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, I don't want to sit here on my high horse like I would never date anyone younger than me. My girl's younger than me. The youngest I dated was, I dated somebody. It was a, it was a damn near 14-year age gap. Like, you know, she was 20. I was like 30-something. So I'm, I don't want to sit here and, and like I'm on the high horse. But if I was to see her when she was the kids, it, it would have never happened. So damn sure, the stepkids, you have no shot because you the kids.
And that's what that's what would have made me a good teacher. I was gonna teach middle school, high school. And I've been like, man, the kids, man, you all grown up, man. The kids. Mr. Baker, man, this this is my family. Man, you already got a family. You the kids. You the kids with a family, man. Look at you, man. That's just my mindset. I don't know, man. Um, so Elon's dad, you need to do better. We disappointed in you as a whole. Well, you're disappointed in your son that's the richest man in the world. So what? He's eating chips. He's the richest man in the world. You think I'm not eating chips, breads, sauces, pasta? The richest man in the world, I'm going to be eating some stuff. It'd be a waste of money if you're the richest man in the world. You're not really eating. No, I'm just eating trees and figs. What are you spending your money on? Well, not food. I got a son in my living room. I harnessed it. It's sitting right in the living room. I just want him to get some sun, though. Elon, you pale as hell. God damn, man. Will Smith, he apologized uh, over the weekend. He apologized. He answered some questions from people. He apologized. He gave it to us on camera, live direct. Well, not live direct, but he was, you know, talking to the people. People were in the comment section like, we're over it already. Why are we still talking about this? I don't think that's fair because we haven't heard a lot from Will Smith. And, you know, he's the person that we should be hearing from, him or Chris. They were the two involved. Um, so I, I definitely I definitely understand why he felt the need to address the public. Just because you're tired of hearing it doesn't mean that he hasn't been sitting with this on his soul for three months. It's easy for us to be tired of it. Everybody done talked about it to death. But to him, the person who actually did the slapping in front of millions, he had to carry that weight for three months. And we don't know what he's going through on his end. Like, you know, that's terrible embarrassment. Or, you know, he could be ashamed of himself. It could it could trickle down into uh, his relationship with his family, his friends. Um, so that's a lot of baggage to carry. And I think it was necessary for him to to come in, you know, answer questions publicly. Like, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. And, you know, with any celebrity, y'all not going to believe the apology. We never believe celebrity apologies. It's like, man, why? Do y'all ever believe the apology? Y'all always be like, oh, they just doing this so they can they can get their money back. Or they just doing this so they won't lose their endorsement. Or they just doing this so the movie won't. You never believe anybody's apology when they're famous. Never. Always in the comments say, oh, he just saying that because this. Or he just, when do y'all believe it? Oh, 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 he looked like he meant to because he's an actor. He's a trained actor. So, you know, don't be fooled by the emotions. It's like they cannot win as celebrities on apologies. It's never enough. You know, Will came in. He sat there, water on the side. He came in, apologized to Chris. Apologized to Chris's mom, his family, apologized to Tony Rock in particular. And he said that I've I probably done irreparable damage to that relationship. He told us that Chris wasn't ready to talk. Um, he apologized to Jada and his family for the heat that he brought down on them. Um, you know, he talked about dealing with trying to not view himself as a piece of shit. What more do you want? 
What more do you want? You're mad at him for apologizing or you don't believe the apology and you just want to hold on. What more can this man do? We all mess up. We all mess up. The beauty of anonymity is when we mess up, it's not in front of millions of people. You know, we done did some whack shit in our lives. We, we've, we've hurt people. We've done some shit that we're not proud of privately, though. Maybe not even privately. Maybe it was at the Waffle House or the gas station or, you know, at a party or a get-together or just, you know, in the bedroom or just a, at a family gathering. We've done some things that we're ashamed of. And we've had the benefit of not being in front of millions of people when it happened. So you got to carry that. And we we get heartless with celebrities because, oh, they're rich. They're famous. Fuck their feelings. You know, they don't have feelings. They're rich. That's not, come on, man. That's not even realistic. They're still humans at the end of the day. Yes, they are rich humans, but humans nonetheless. Money doesn't make you an android. And we feel like, you know, oh, they'll be all right. They got money. Money ain't everything. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you money is not everything. You know, I live with a broken heart every single day. Money has no bearing on that at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you got to give people some grace. Just because they're celebrities, you know what I'm saying, you ain't got to kick them down the hill and think they're invincible or have zero feelings. You know? Will Exactly, uh, Jordan. Will Smith is a human being. And once we... Once we look at people as human beings, we take them off the pedestal that we put them on and just look at them for who they are as a human being, we can we can start giving some grace and just be like, all right. And how often is Will Smith messed up in public? This is not, this is not um somebody that keeps messing up. You know what I'm saying? This is not somebody that's known for slapping people. He out here fighting in the club. He out here shooting people. He, we know some reckless cats in this game, in this entertainment industry, slapping people, disrespecting people, using slurs, getting disrespectful, doing all that. We know people like this. Will Smith has been famous since the late 80s. His track record is exemplary. To be that famous and not be screwing up on a regular basis. He has one moment, which is like, it's a big moment. I'm not making light of what he did, but come on, y'all. God damn, come on. It's a slap. He didn't shoot Chris Rock in the hips. He didn't punch Chris Rock down and then beat up the security and then grab Chris by the ankle and beat, <laughs> beat another co-host with Chris. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Sabrina said, Will Smith has shown so much vulnerability and human emotions, it's impossible to believe he doesn't have feelings. Exactly. Look at, look at Will Smith's track record. Look at what he has talked about and put out there and what he's talked about in his book. He's, he's, he's been, you know, vocal about, you know, his feelings, his struggles, his uh, everything that he's dealing with. And, you know... He's transparent for the most part. You know what I mean? So we we got to know, based on how Will Smith has carried himself, we got to know that this is really bothering him. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Are you ashamed of what you did? Does it bother you? Does it get to you? And of course it does. Come on, man. Even outside of the money, even outside of the money situation, I think 
it really bothers Will Smith that he did that. And so, you know, um, and then, then when you defend Will Smith, oh, you just trying to defend him to get on this good side. What good side? Will Smith don't know me. I don't know Will Smith personally. He don't know me. There's no, I'm not trying to, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because Will Smith, like, how has Will Smith affected my life personally, financially? There's no, there's no attachments here outside of me being a fan, but also I respect the human emotion though. You know what I mean? So let that man, let that man make a mistake. Let him make amends. Let him, let him have remorse and let him be open about it. You know? And then y'all just, well, you need to divorce Jada. Why y'all in the mix? Why y'all in the relationship mix? You need to divorce that woman. Man, who are you to say? Who are you with? Who are you with? What you got going on in your relationship? To be out here telling people they need to do this and that and the third and the fifth and the sixth. Who, who are you to say anything? Hush. Hush. All right, what else we got going up in here? You know what I'm saying? Airbnb had a slave cabin available to stay at, listed as a luxury getaway. What? Sabrina, where was this cabin located? Did they give that detail? Where is this cabin located? A slave cabin available to stay at, listed as a luxury getaway. Hold on, she's gonna send me the video. So I I assume when she say slave cabin, these were former slave quarters. Oh, in, in Mississippi, of course. Good old Mississippi. Y'all gonna have some. So Mississippi, you know it's gonna be some real authentic slave quarters in Mississippi. Probably still sitting there. And you really gonna Airbnb this shit out. Man, the people would just. A luxury getaway? Luxury? Slave quarters and luxury don't even match as a combo. Slave quarters and luxury, just how is that matching? You, people just, I, come on, man. It's got to be haunted in there for one. It's got to be haunted in this cabin. There's no way it's not some restless spirits up in them slave quarters. God damn it. Because, you know, they was in there stressed, tormented, tired of this shit. That energy is going to be in there. That tired of that shit energy, that's going to be in that quarters. That's going to be right up in that luxury getaway. You're going to be like, man, I feel tired of this shit. I don't know why. It's the spirit of the slaves that you in the quarters with. We tired of this shit. You're going to wake up tired of this shit. Sick of this shit, man. That's how you waking up. We on vacation. Nah, man. I don't know what's come over me, man, but I'm tired of this shit. That's going to be your little Airbnb getaway. That's crazy to me, man. That they really, they really did this. Wait, let me look at this video. Hold on, man. Shout out to. All right, what we got here? Oh, wait, hold on. I don't know what that was. Shout out to. uh. Lawyer Winton. Here we go. Wow. Wow. 
Oh. So they got a slave cabin, and they open it up as a bed and breakfast. I hope you tired of this shit during your breakfast. I hope you wake up like, man, I'm sick of this, and you slap your plate up. That's what you get. I want the energy of the slaves. I want the spirit of the slaves to be all up in your mix while you at this little cutesy bed and breakfast. I hope you feel all the agony and despair and the, I'm sick of this shit at that whole bed and breakfast. I hope you looking at your little grits, your sausage and your eggs with this like, man, I'm just sick of this shit right here. I want that energy to just encompass you on your little luxury getaway. This is ridiculous, man. People don't respect this. There's no respect. For the, for the American history and the American trauma of slavery. There's zero respect. There's zero respect for what the slaves have gone through and zero respect for what the, the Native Americans have gone through. Zero respect. Every time I go to a reservation, I'm pissed off. Have y'all ever been to a, a, a Native American reservation? It is... It, it it will piss you off how those reservations look. It is it is heartbreak city. And they'd be like, oh, they got the casinos. What else? What else? You know what I'm saying? Don't get me started on what they should have. Oh, I'm sick of America, man. This is why I get triggered when I see American flags. You know what I'm saying? I get it. America, let me America's great. It's a good country. I feel like I can do anything here. I do feel that. But there are issues that continue today. There are historical issues that permeated everything that we see. And it's still going on. So I cannot sit here and parade the flag around when there's issues that we got going on. Still, historically and now. And I feel like until we really sit down and rectify these things, there's no way I could be like, America, man, I got the big flag hanging out the back of my truck. No. Hell no, man. Even, even, even my grandfather who fought in the Second World War, you know, had his hearing damaged. Comes back home to segregation and racism. But y'all probably going to look at him, man, he, he brave, he fought for his country, goddammit. Fought for a country that don't like him. Fought for a country that don't respect him. And don't be giving us the respect just because we served in the military. Man, get the fuck up out of here, man. That's some dumb ass shit. Oh, we, we going to die for the country that hates us? That's, that's silly. Much respect to those that did it because they had ideals and, and like dreams of a, of a better country. But the reality is... We don't like you. We don't want you here. We just want to use your use your body, use your blood. That's it. And then when you come back after serving the military, we might we might show you some semblance of respect, but you'll never be equal to us. You supposed to die for that country, man? man get the fuck up out of here, man. Look out. Watch out, man. Airbnb, man. Y'all just will Airbnb anything. Y'all will just make anything airbnb -able. And call it a day. 
yeah, we got an old gas station where, you know what I'm saying, people was murdered in this gas station, but we refurbished it. Right on the side of Texas. This is a Texas chainsaw, you know, Airbnb. It's ridiculous, man. Chris Brown's $1,000 meet and greets. Chris Brown takes personalized photos, dedicates at least three, four minutes talking to each person, asks their name and about their lives. Is $1,000 too much for a meet and greet? No, and here's why. People are willing to pay that happily. He set the price point. It's up to you whether you feel like that's something you want to pay or not. From the outside looking in, if we're not a fan, we'll be like, man, that's too much money. $1,000? Hell no. But to a fan, they'd be like, $1,000? Yes. I want the picture with Chris. I want to talk to him. I want to meet him. That's money well spent to a huge fan. So it's not too much if people are paying it. So that's my, it's too much for me because I'm not, I'm not a Chris Brown fan like that. But to the Chris Brown fanatic, that's easy work. I work hard for the money. I want to spend money on something that I, I want to enjoy. And it seems like he's giving these people their money's worth. And that's the thing. It's a meet and greet. We're going to take some pictures. We'll pose however you want to pose. And it looks like Chris is all in. The poses are hysterical, funny. And it's like, okay, they're getting their money's worth. If, if, that's, if these women want to spend their money on this, let them, let them enjoy this. Let them enjoy things. Let people enjoy things. You don't have to pay $1,000 and nobody's asking you to. But that's the price point. And it looks like people are having a good time. The photos look fantastic. He's all in on the photo. And they're not just regular like, these are prom poses. You know, I've seen girls bent over in front of him. He, he behind them and it's just, he holding them up by the cheeks. It's just, it's a good ass time being had in these pictures. And that's all you can ask. They're going to take this home. Look at my picture with Chris. They're going to love that shit. They're going to love it. They're going to have it up in their homes. It's going to be saved in their phones. That's an experience. It's, an, it's a vibe. I love it. I love the fact that he's doing this and, and, the, and the fact that he goes all in on his pictures. Most celebrities won't do that. You'll pay for a picture with your favorite celebrity, and they'll give you the half-ass half ass smile. You, you can tell when somebody ain't into the picture. They be dead behind the eyes, smile is half cocked. You know what I'm saying? These pictures, they all in. It look like they're having the time of their lives in these pictures. So I feel like, I feel like Chris is doing a damn good job. And the money, man, that's good money for Chris. That's damn good money. You're getting, you're getting the meet and greet experience of a lifetime. And for you, you know, if you got the money, have at it, man. I'm all in, man. I'm with it. Props, you know what I'm saying? Shoot. Another thing that's in the that's in the social media conversation, uh, five year old foreign gets a five thousand dollar advance from Mace on a multi multiple album deal. Now I've been hearing about this five thousand uh, dollar contract. Uh, I didn't know the stipulations in the in the details of the contract, but you know five year old foreign is popping out here. And for Mace to sign up for five thousand, that's like 
that's it. Now, from what I heard from Mace's side is that he signed that deal so he can turn around and get more money out of whatever deal they were trying to structure. So he said he had him sign for five thousand so he can go and get like um eight hundred eight hundred thousand or something like that. He let Mace tell it, he he set that up so he can get a seven fifty K deal for five year. And I'm not sure how true that is or how accurate it is because I haven't really looked at the details of those deals. But if in fact Mace did do that, trying to rip Fabio off. He got a lot of nerve. He got a lot of nerve giving somebody a shitty deal when he's been going all going through all of this with Puff Daddy on his own deal. You know, we all know that Mace has been coming coming at P Diddy because he feel like you know P Diddy ripped him off in the long run, and that he wanted to be free from his label, and he felt like you know. Let me get some of the publishing. Let me get in on some of this. So when you go through something like that, you would think that you would have an artist's best interest at heart. You would make sure that they're taken care of, that the money is right, because you know what it feels like to be shafted as an artist. So if, in fact, Mace is shady like that, I don't know if he is or not. I don't know the stipulations of the deal. I don't want to sit here and assume, but if, in fact, Mace is shading an artist, knowing how it feels to be shaded, you was fully in the shade with P. Diddy. You was shaded up. It was trees. It was a tarp over the trees. It was a little awning that went over the trees and the tarp. Clouds came in. It was, it was just shade on shade on shade. And then there was a volcano. The sun went behind the volcano. So you get in the shade from the volcano, the clouds, the tarp, the awning. And then a huge spacecraft comes in, blocks out the sun too. So everything, you shady, you shady McGee, shady pines, slim shady. You going to be shady as well, knowing what it feels like to be shafted, to be bent over, have your pants pulled down. You know what I'm saying? Somebody getting the money pumps out of you but not reciprocating the cash flow? If, in fact, that is what Mace is doing, that's trash, man. But I'm not sure, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the stipulations and the details. But according to the Shade Room's post, documents confirm a 5 year foreign got a $5,000 advance from Mace in 2018. Mace previously admitted he gave. 505k, but later negotiated a $750,000 deal. So if Mace is correct, then okay, you know, 5 came came away with a much better deal. But because uh, he said what 5 said was misleading. So I don't know. I don't know the stipulations. But I just hope going forward, and hopefully through this, that Mace knows better than to shortchanging artists, especially being an artist that has been shortchanged by someone else. So, you know, and we was rooting for Mace. We wanted Mace to get his money from P. Diddy. Anytime the artists were going at P. Diddy, I was like, man, get your money. When the, when the locks was going at it with P. Dad, man, I was like, yo, man, get your money, man. Get the locks out of there, man. 
I was all in on the locks. I was like, man, free them boys. Get them out of there, man. They didn't need to be on them sugary-ass beats. No way, man. Get them over there to the Rough Riders, man. The locks are the streets, man. No more no, no more shiny suits and buttery champagne, man. I don't know what buttery champagne is, but it just felt it felt right in the moment. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mace, don't be don't be ripping people off, man. Come on, man. We got questions. We'll go to questions. Question from Kiyomi. Shout out to Kiyomi, man. Love Kiyomi. Kiyomi, I'm working on my 30 before 30 list. What's something everyone should experience? And what's something that's on your bucket list that you haven't done? Um, 30 before 30. I think everybody should experience. Hmm. Man, that's a good question. That is a good question. Um, I think everyone should experience the world with the right people or by yourself. I feel like everyone, everyone should take a, a solo trip, uh, meaning a trip that's, that's not contingent on, uh, someone else or, you know, making sure somebody else is good and making sure the energy is right. I think everyone, everybody should take like a solo adventure trip, whether it could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be, you know, all the way overseas. It could be somewhere in your state, uh, you know, another city, you know, a few miles down the road. But I feel like everybody should experience a solo, you know, letting your hair down, really digging deep, seeing something new just for yourself. I feel like we 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 should all have those moments of of, of just really kind of like a spiritual getaway which is you and whatever you believe in whether it be god whether it be a higher power whether it just be the spirit itself i feel like we should all have that i feel like i haven't done that yet for myself even though i've taken i've taken several trips by myself usually for work though i haven't taken just a trip by myself for just a trip's sake i've never done that my trips have always been um, work related or we were going as a group or as a couple or as a family or as a group of friends. I've never taken a solo trip journey like that. And I plan on doing that real soon where it's just me and just going somewhere alone just so I can be like, you know, Sabrina, Sabrina tells me all the time about the, the trip she took to Joshua Tree and like, you know, she was just doing all kind of trips where where um, she just did it, did a solo journey. I was just like, man, I want to do that. Even when she first told me about that, I was like, I want to do that one day because I'm always, I'm always with somebody, you know. And if I'm not, if I am alone, it's just work. So I'm usually thinking about work and stuff like that. But I, I do want to go uh, on a solo journey. Where I don't know. I I don't know where just yet. But uh, I'm a piece it together. And also. I want to do an adventure with my friends. I want to do an adventure with friends where we go somewhere dope as friends, just going to hang out, let loose, 
and be wild and just have a good time as friends. And that's hard to do when everybody's grown. Everybody got responsibilities. They got to do this. They got to do that. They got to work. They got kids. They got whatever. And so it's hard to get everybody on the same page. So that's definitely, that's a little harder to do. But, uh, yeah, Sabrina went to uh, London solo. She went to Disney World solo. She wants to go on a vacation, a vacation. <laughs> so, because me and her, uh, me and her, I think the last trip we took where it was just us just going on the trip was um, when we went to the Bay Area of, um, we went to the Bay Area, we went to, uh, we went to Mirror Woods. We just went up there as part of her birthday celebration. It was fun, man. We just went up there. I didn't have any work up there, and we just went and just enjoyed. And that was dope. That was that was a fun trip. Um, but I know I definitely, I definitely need a solo trip. You know, and it's hard to do solo trips because everybody gets so offended. You know, oh, you going by yourself? Why well, come you? You want to go? You know, it's just like man. Let people do things by themselves without you getting in your feelings. Let people have those, especially coming from somebody that doesn't have those. Like, I, I, I want it, I need it, you know. Um, let me go on my little solo adventure. And that goes for anybody that's listening to me say this, and they might get offended. Hey, man, I want to go somewhere solo that's not work-related. I need that in my life. Um. But yeah, so that's mainly what I want to do. Um, also, what's another place? Um, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Um, Sabrina said, I'm all for you going somewhere solo. I stay rolling solo somewhere. So she gets it. She's like, wait, who else would be offended? I don't know. Whoever. <laughs> whoever, whoever would find themselves offended by me wanting to go solo. Because if I do go somewhere solo, people outside of Sabrina will be offended. Oh, you, you didn't bring Sabrina? Why not? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's always going to be somebody offended or somebody asking questions. Or they're just going to be all up in the mix. It's like, you know, if I go anywhere, where's Sabrina at? You didn't bring her in these. There's trouble in paradise. It's like, come on, man. Just, people can't exist as, as individuals. I just need y'all to realize that. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Um. I want to see the Eiffel Tower. I want to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I want to go to Africa. I want to go to Brazil. I want to go to Rio de Janeiro. I want to go to Australia. I want to go to the New Zealand. I want to go to the Netherlands. I want to go to uh, Switzerland. I want to go to South Africa. I want to go to Ghana. I want to go to... Um, I definitely want to go to... Um, Goddamn... Nigeria now. Especially knowing that... Uh, Especially knowing that, you know, I'm part of Nigerian, 30%. Uh, I definitely want to go there now. Um, There's so many places I want to go to. Um, it's on my bucket list. 
I got a big bucket list. I also want to go skydiving. I want to hang glide. Uh, I want to go skydiving solo. Now, I know some people are gonna get offended when I say solo. They gonna be like, "Well, you gotta go. You gotta go with the with the trainer on your back. You gotta do it." But I, I also want to go solo. <laughs> I want to skydive with nobody else attached. I want to feel like I'm doing it. I want to pull the cord myself. I get it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta go with the. I know the first time I do it, I'm gonna have to go with somebody on my back. I want to go solo eventually. Um, there's so many things, man. Uh, so many things. Oh, Greece would be phenomenal. You know what I mean? Rome, Greece. Um, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start taking trips. You know, I'm gonna start. You know, taking trips and stuff like that. There. Um, but yeah, you know I, mean? I don't know if this answered your question on what you should do before before it's all said and done, but. Um, that's one thing. You know what? I think I have an ad. Hold on. I think I have an ad for Verbal Cardio this week. Let me double check. Let me double check. Yup, I do have an ad. I do have an ad. Oh yeah, I do have an ad. So, um, if we could just we could just place this. Well, I I just let them know later. We can just place this ad wherever it needs to be within the episode. Um, I want to intru- introduce you guys to um, Magic Mind. Magic Mind is wait hold on a second make sure I got this correctly magic okay you know what I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait on this ad and do it we can cut this part out. I'm going to do Magic Mind when I have a chance to experience Magic Mind. That way I know what the hell I'm talking about. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to let Imani know uh, that way. So we'll save Magic Mind for next week, guys, if, if they're cool with that. That way I'm doing this correctly. Boom, pal. Um... So we're gonna take we're gonna take this part out and then you know what I'm saying. But but the people in here live, y'all seeing it live, but look out, man. Watch out. Mm-hmm. They see they seeing all the all the behind the scenes up in here. All right. So how long we what's the time look like? Who we at? Oh, it's fifty eight minutes in? Oh snap, okay. Uh this question is for is from Shannon. If you had to fight John Wick, would you rather be the first, middle, or last guy? <laughs> if I had to fight John Wick, um, let me be first. Let me be the first guy dispatched. Because I feel like 
when you when you watch fight scenes like that, I feel like the more the fights go on, the more the fights go on, the worse these guys get beat up. Like, you know, they start they start getting edgier with the with the fight choreography and the beatdown. And so by the and then and the last guy usually gets it the worst. So I definitely don't want to be the last. The last person. That's when and that's when they could be having a breakdown and then they just keep socking me out for like five seconds because he's sick of this shit. And he just socking me out, beating me to it. I could end up like that if I'm the last guy. The middle guy, that's when they start getting fancy with it. It's always a moment in the middle where somebody's like, oh, I'd rather be the first dude dusted off real quick. Just dust me off real quick. Throw me over the banister and I land on the living room couch. And then you'll never see me again because I left. I want to be that guy. You know, the dude at the club. Hey, you can't come in there. Oh, and then I'm out of here. That guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not coming back for more if I'm the first guy. I'm not coming back for more, you know what I'm saying? I'll be like, you know what, this guy, it's serious business with this guy. I'm not even, I'm not even going to, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, Godspeed, John Wick. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So, uh, yeah, let me be the first guy. Great question. Great question. Uh, Geraldine Thompson. Oh, Townsend, my bad. Geraldine Thompson. Hey, it's Geraldine. If you can go back in time and know what you know now, what point would you go back and what would you change? I would go back to college. I would change my major to theater. I would focus on theater. I would still go to New Mexico State, be a theater major. Uh, I would start stand-up earlier. I would make better grades. I would not take out as many uh, student loans. Um, I would just do all of that different because I, I, I got to go to New Mexico State still so I can conceive the Baker boys. So that has to still go down. But I'm just changing the major and uh, getting better grades, taking out less school loans. That's exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing different. <laughs> that. I'm doing more theater. I'm starting stand up earlier. That's it. Even though I feel like I came at stand-up at the right time, I was 31 years old, and I feel like that probably helped me as a stand-up comedian, more so than it hurt me. So I might not want to change with the uh, with the stand-up timetable. I might not want to mess that up. I might not want to mess that up at all. But I wish I would have majored in theater, and I wish I, wish I would have just focus more on the grades and I wish I had less student loans for sure. That's, that's easy work right there. That's easy work. Um, so Sabrina. Okay. I'll, I'll talk about that off the thing. Cause, uh, I want to make sure I get the ad right next time. It, it just looked, it looked like something else was going on with the, uh, yeah, I'll just, all right. Um, Tanya R., for the right price, would you let a fan sit in on verbal cardio? Yes, for $1,000, you can sit in on verbal cardio. And we could take prom pictures if you like, man or woman. We could we can prom pose up. You can sit in on verbal cardio for $1,000. No, I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, I, you know, if a fan wanted to sit in on verbal cardio and just peep game, absolutely. Absolutely. No $1,000 needed. Um, yeah, that'd be dope. Um, you say take my money now, TC. <laughs> we doing the prom picks, TC? Prom? Let's do the prom. Let me hold you. Let me hold you in the in the in the in the pick, TC. I'll be behind you though. You know what I'm saying? Let's get it, man. Shit, say less. Prom. Um Crizzy for Life. What is the next Marvel film or series you are most looking forward to? And which character are you geeked out about or in anticipation of? I'm excited about Blade and Wakanda Forever. Those are the ones I, I, I'm worried about the most in terms of just emotion. Um, I'm worried about Wakanda Forever because I, I'm really curious as to how they're going to progress the story, given that, you know, Chadwick passed. And I'm just really interested on the storyline and how they're going to take it somewhere. And there's just so many questions I have about how they're doing it. I hope the fight choreography is better. I hope the the new characters come in that are dope and fully realized. I know they have a huge burden of it's like we talked about on on Daddy Issues today, where Black Panther reached an apex that might not be able to be duplicated. So you know, Black Panther came in, made seven hundred million dollars domestically, one point three billion worldwide. So people are gonna measure it up to that. That's that's low key thriller like. You know what I mean? For for a superhero movie to come out and do those kind of numbers, and it's the it's the it's the intro to that character, they have a lot to live up to financially. Uh so I worry about the film. Like, you know, and you know, I love the ensemble cast. Black Panther Black Panther meant a lot to me as a movie and as a visual and as a as a character. So it's just like, there's so many emotions involved. So Wakanda Forever is for sure always in my thoughts on how it's going to be. Is it going to measure up? Is it going to be done right? Is it going to be dope on its own? So many questions. And Blade. Blade is... Blade is what kicked it off for Marvel in the movie theater, whether they want uh, to own that or not. Blade came out in 1998, made $70 million. And this is before Spider-Man. This is before, you know, and this is after this is after Batman fizzled. After Batman and Robin shit the bed, they were probably like, you know what? Comic book movies ain't gonna work no more. Batman and Robin shit and piss the bed. So I'm sure they was like, man, we staying away from superhero movies. You just read the comic books and hush. Just read them because we're not putting them on the screen. Blade comes out. 1998, rated R, makes $70 million at the U.S. box office. It's a hit. $70 million. On a B-list character, Blade is not even A-list. There's no Fantastic Four, there's no Spider-Man, there's no X-Men, there's no Superman, there's no Captain America, there's no Batman. Blade. A lot of people didn't know who the hell Blade was. They was just like, Blade, what the hell is that? That's a comic book? Came out, does $70 million. Marvel is like, hey man, you see it? You see it. It was a hit. The sequel makes even more. 
And then they get the ball rolling. Then you see Spider-Man. Then you see X-Men. Then you see, you know, the X-Men was next, I think. So now it's giving these movie studios, it's like, yo, there's some viable, we can really get this going with these comic book movies. We can make it more serious. So Blade doesn't get the credit it deserves. Blade 1 and 2, dope. Wesley Snipes' Blade, phenomenal. Perfect for the role. So now we got Mahershala Ali coming into the role as Blade. Mahershala is a fantastic actor. He has a great look. And I'm just like, hell yeah. Mahershala already looks like he could be a vampire that's human. And that's no disrespect. It's just, you know, vampires are known to be, you know, cool. They got vibes, smoothness. For the most part, that's how vampires are portrayed. Sexy, smooth, you know what I'm saying? Mahershala has this. Style, charisma, the looks, everything. Look like he could fight. Look like he can take your girl. Look like he could be out all night. You know what I'm saying? Perfect casting from, from, from this standpoint before we've seen anything. It's all going to come down to the writing and the script. But visually... Mahershala, Mahershala Ali is it. So I'm excited about that. I'm like, yo, man, sign me up. What's scaring me, though, is that Kevin Feige wants to make it PG-13. That's That could potentially fuck up the brand. Because with Blade, we are used to bloody, violent, rough around the edges. It's vampires. There's going to be blood. There's going to be blood. Why are you PG-13 vampires? Blood is going to affect the rating, so it's just like, all right, please don't make it PG-13. But I know Marvel, Marvel's going soft. Disney's in there now. They want to they wanna bring in everybody, man. No. No. Don't turn this into Twilight. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. Keep Blade gritty and rated R, please. Please. So now we're, Deadpool made all the money and it was rated R. Stop thinking, stop thinking rated R is going to draw people away. Yes, certain people can't get in. Okay, but money can still be made. Every movie doesn't have to make all the money. It has to be good. That's the key. It has to be good. The Exorcist, it's one of the highest grossing horror movies of all time. It made over $170 million in the 70s. It was big rated R. It was big rated R. If you adjust for inflation, The Exorcist remains one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Big rated R. Stop doubting rated R movies. They can make the money. They just have to be good. People going to pull up. Everything don't have to be kid targeted, man. Fuck these kids, man. Fuck these kids. Please don't mess, mess up Blade behind the PG-13 rating. So those are, those are the ones. Those are the ones. Um, speaking of movies, uh, I'm going to have to cut the question short because we're running long. I want to review Nope. Um, I'm going to review the movie Nope because, because I forgot to do it uh, last week and I apologize. Nope. 
Nope is Jordan Peele's third uh, film that he's written and directed. Um, Jordan Peele, as you know, is having an incredible run. Um, his debut film, Get Out, was a phenomenon. Everybody was talking about Get Out. He was making all the money. It came out of left field, blew everybody away, got him an Oscar for original screenplay, got Daniel Kaluuya an Oscar nomination. The movie was... That's all we could talk about for a while. The cast was phenomenal. It, 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 it was what it was. Get Out was a phenomenon. He followed that up with the movie Us. Us had a huge box office. $70 million opening weekend for an original horror movie. Those numbers right there, unprecedented. Um, had a phenomenal lead performance from Lupita. And um, everybody, would, we got to go check this out on the strength of Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele had a stunning debut. This is a man known for sketch comedy and comedies. He comes out, social commentary horror. Nobody saw this coming. Um, his third film is here. Nope. Um, I like how everything was shrouded in mystery on the rollout, on the, you know, the trailers. It's leaving you guessing. I didn't look at the trailer. I looked at the teaser, and that was it. I didn't look at the, the long trailer. You know me. I try to avoid trailers if I know I'm going to see this film. Um, is it is it a UFO movie? Is it sci-fi? Is it horror? What is it? That's up to you to decide. You know what I'm saying? Um, it stars Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, and uh, what's my guy from? Stephen? Yoon? Stephen Yoon. He's from Walking Dead, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it stars what the movie is about. Uh, it's about black horse wranglers for films. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is a horse wrangler whose father was a horse wrangler. It's it's like generational. So, and you know, they they are the only black horse wranglers in Hollywood. And you know, they live out on a on a ranch out in. California, and um, there's an accident with the with the dad with the with the father, uh, played by Keith David, and so um, Danny Kaluuya, you know, takes over the business. His sister is played by Kiki Palmer, uh, and she still is working for the family, but she has aspirations of her own. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm cool with all this, but also I want to do this, this, that, and the third. You know what I'm saying? She got that young energy. She's like, yo. I can I can I can do this over here, but I also got this shit going. You know what I'm saying? That entrepreneurial, social media, we getting after it. Energy. That's the energy she has. Danny Kaluuya is just like I'm all about these horses and just keeping the dad legacy alive. You know what I'm saying? But she's just like, yeah, I respect all that. But look, I'm trying to I'm trying to come up in the game. Um, so we got that. That's the family dynamic. And there's something weird going on at the ranch, in the sky. So it's just like, yo, what's, what's happening around here? And so, you know, certain things happen. This is a spoiler-free review. Certain things happen that can't really readily be explained. There's something up there. We don't know what's going on. Uh, strange things. The horses are acting weird. Horses coming up missing. What the hell is going on? And they're trying to figure it out. And meanwhile... The ranch is struggling because they're not really booking as many gigs because, you know, Daniel Kaluuya's character is socially awkward. He doesn't have the pizzazz that his dad had, you know, 
Uh, Emerald is coming in to help him out. Emerald is Kiki Palmer's character. Um, Walking Dead guy, he owns a ranch nearby. And it's like a, you know, a UFO themed ranch. And, you know, he's interested in buying the horses off of Daniel Kaluuya's character. And so, you know, Daniel Kaluuya's like, right, just to make ends meet, you know, I'll, I'll sell him a couple horses and then, you know, I'll buy them back later on. All the while, strange things are going on. They see the strange things as a brother and sister. They're like, yo, we got to figure this out. What the hell is going on? So they end up working together, even though they have kind of an awkward relationship, but at the same time, loving uh, they have to work together to piece together what's going on on this ranch and around it and above it. So they're like, yo, what the hell is happening? They start working together and crazy things ensue. Uh, they see some strange shit and they're trying to make sense of it, trying to survive it. They're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. That's essentially what the movie's about. There's some underlying themes underneath and... Um, there's also a theme of spectacle. That's what the movie's about, spectacle, whether it be UFOs, something to see, you got to see this. Or, And Walking Dead, his character comes from a TV show that had a spectacle happen on the set of the show that wasn't a part of the show, but it was a spectacle nonetheless. It was a tragic moment that was just like, oh, shit. So he's also milking that spectacle to benefit him later on down the line. Um, with Jordan Peele, you know there's going to be some underlying themes. There's going to be some some underhanded things. It might take a couple watches to really piece together everything and see the little nuances and beats that you might have missed. Um, there are moments in the movie where I'm just like, yo, man, I'm on edge right now. Um, I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, shit, what's about to happen? Uh, I marveled at the spectacle myself. Um I enjoyed it. Somebody said, bring back spoiler reviews. I will. I will. Um, I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the uh, lead characters. I enjoyed Kiki Palmer. The guy that plays Angel was really dope. Um, it was a good time. I was fully invested. Um, I was nervous. I wasn't sure how things were going to play out. I didn't leave the theater absolutely confused. Uh, I had a good time. It was a good ride. It reminded me of Jaws a little bit. It reminded me of just seeing movies back in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, with just like, hey, all right, we got something going on. We got to figure it out. We got to work together. You know, it was a nice summer movie. I think people going into it were overthinking it and overhyping it and over, like, you know what I'm saying? We, we comparing it to this rather than taking it on its own accord. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I was, I was marveling at the thing in the sky. I was just like, yo, what is it? What, what's going on? Like I was excited. Um, I liked having that feeling in the theater, the mystery, the excitement, the visuals, the way Jordan Peele directed it was interesting. He, he, uh, separated everything in the chapters um, which I found interesting. Um, it's always good to see black leads in this type of genre, uh, which is something we don't always see. So it's, it's always refreshing to see that, and I love that Jordan Peele does that. Um, how many times did I jump, somebody asks? I think I jumped internally once. You know what I mean? Um, 
but I had a good time. And I want to see it again so I can so I can piece together certain things that I may have missed. And I might give us a full spoiler review after I watch it a second time. But forget all that, man. Y'all want to know the smooth jazz review of Nope. Well, here it is. Oh, yeah. I'm giving Nope. Three and a half saxophones out of five. Man, that's a good time, man. I enjoyed Nope. Uh, I want to see it again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that thing. Jordan Peele is undefeated for me. I might, I might, I might give it a flaccid four. I might give it a flaccid four. Uh, definitely a strong three and a half flaccid four. Um, I definitely feel like some people are too hard on the film. Uh, but overall, people like the film. I did a poll on it. 75% of the people say they liked it. 25% said nope. Uh, but 75% is is good. So there it is. Go check it out. Go support it. Go put that money in the tank. Uh, support Jordan Peele's projects. Um, this will be his third consecutive film that'll gross over $100 million domestically. So that's a great track record. Um, it's definitely art artistic for sure. Um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of uh, Verbal Cardio. I want to ask you this on the way out, and I want to talk about this on the next episode. Ladies, do you have you ever been or have you ever put your own uh, career or whatever you had going on the back burner for love? Have you ever put your work, your career, or your aspirations on the back burner for love? I would like to know because I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about it further on the next episode of uh, Verbal Cardio. And I see a lot of yeses in here. I see more yeses than nopes. Um, and I, I want to talk to y'all about that because I see it. Mishi's like, hell no. I feel you. <laughs> You've never been in love? Crystal. Crystal. It don't even have to be real love. Just have you ever put it all on the back burner for a relationship? When you was younger, yes. All right, we'll, we'll talk further uh, on the next episode. Um, anyway, thanks for pulling up, and thank you for tuning in to another session of that verbal card.